Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. And Gabe, here we are after another incredibly close Ravens game that comes down to the very, what seems to be the last play, essentially, of the game yet again. Yeah, I mean, this is a constant, constant theme now of the season, right? I think, is it like 10 games that have been one-score decisions now? I think they started off like 6-1, and one, and then it's, it went to, they've lost three in a row, so now it's 6-4. and four. Um, They've lost the past three games by a combined four points, which is pretty hard to do. So It's actually kudos. never, it's never happened before in the history of the NFL that one team has lost three games by four points. Well, the Ravens, you know, finding new and painful ways to uh, sucker their fans in just to stomp on their faces. Um, that, that's the story of the 2021 20, season. Um, but, I mean, it, we've seen this before, right? This isn't the first time we've had this exact same situation play out. It literally happened two weeks ago against Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, we had we had thoughts about it then. I think we still have similar thoughts now. Um, do, do we want to talk about that now or do we want to? let's kind of go through the game a little bit here first and i think you know you and i watched the game together this week so so you know we kind of know how what we both think about it and how we feel about it a little bit and um you know i want to talk about that first drive where they went ravens went for it twice on fourth down because you know you are you seem to be in full support and i'll let you kind of give a more fully throated answer of what your position was on this um but my issue with it was that it was super early in the game and i felt as though Yes, if you convert, great. Like in any in any of these instances, right? And I think this is the framework of how you have to think about these things. If you actually convert and you actually make it, then nobody is going to be complaining at all whatsoever, right? So really, you're only talking about what happens if things go wrong and what the negative is, right? And in this instance, I felt that if the Ravens didn't convert either one of those, that they were going to be in a situation at that point where it was going to dictate the decisions that they had to make in the future. So if you go back to the Kansas City game, what, in 2019, same th- kind of thing happened, where the Ravens score a touchdown, decide they're going to go for two immediately. Jeez, this is a trend. The Ravens are not so great at going for two, apparently. Um, decide they're going to go for two against Kansas City, don't convert, and then are chasing those points for the remainder of the game. I felt like that was a p- potential option of what was going to happen when they went for it early. They didn't know what was going to happen in the rest of the game. They didn't know how it was going to play out. And so they were basically taking a chance early to say that we think this is going to go in, in favor and the, in the way that we want it. And ultimately they had to like figure out or decide whether or not that was going to happen. I think ultimately it ended up dictating and forcing them to be more aggressive later in the game, going for this two, maybe potentially have should have gone for the, another two going for the fourth down inside their own territory as well. All those things may not have to have happened if they would have kicked the field goal in the first place. And so again, it's impossible to say what, how that would play out, but I think that you're self dictating to yourself er, really early in the game of how you're going to have to play later. If you don't convert those. I think that regardless of the outcome, that's how this team is going to play. I think they're going to go for it on fourth down the majority of the time if it's a reasonable down distance um, and a reasonable spot on the field. That, I think that's just the mindset of this team. I think that's the mindset of John Harbaugh. Um, and I think that's, especially when you have a team that's, for for what it's, it's true, like the team is banged up. It's, it's missing a lot of playmakers. You need to kind of eke out every single advantage you can and Statistically speaking, I know this is the analytics that people hate talking about, but statistically speaking, going for it on fourth down gives the offense an advantage because over the course of a game, over the course of a season, 
you're more likely to convert them. You're more likely to gain possessions or not lose possession, so to speak, by going for it. Um, you know, thinking back to two years ago, 2019, the amazing season, a lot of that was fueled by fourth down, um, you know, going going forward on fourth down. Like, uh, that was a lot of the reasons why the Ravens were winning close games. They were, you know, taking advantage of a better offensive unit. Like, they were, they were converting them at a very high rate, but they were doing it much higher than they had before. That, like, even thinking back to that Seattle game, that was, like, the, the game that people still talk about when, when they were in, like, a fourth and two, and, you know, Lamar's like, we should go for it, and the coach is like, okay, go for it, and they go for it, they, they, they convert, they score a touchdown. That happened over and over again that season. I don't know that I then agree in the, with that. I think that's a little nostalgia. Did. I mean, the Ravens. No, it's not. It's not. The, the 2019 Ravens had a huge plus-minus differential and had very few one-score games that they played in. They had a few one-score games. I mean, they a they few, definitely blew but, out some teams. I mean, they blew out just. Blew, the, I, I mean, they 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 were close against San Francisco. They were close against Buffalo. But I, I don't think that they had another one-score game in the second half of the season. It doesn't have to be a one-score game for the, those things to be important. The Seattle game wasn't a one-score game, I don't think. But that was a decision that happened at a critical juncture in that game to make a game that was tight at that point. I think that was I'd before want to see the... the... I, I want to see the stats. I think they were they were less aggressive, but I would also say my point stands, which is that them going for it on fourth downs are also part of why they lost in the Titans game. So they live by the sword and die by the sword in elimination games, and when you lose, you lose, and, and you might be out, right? You know, and, I was, and that I was might going be to say a that. result of this game. I was I was going to say that I mean and and they came back to bite them in the game when they weren't able to convert them. But I I think that you know it, it doesn't always work out. It didn't work out in this game. It hasn't worked out in the past couple of games. But I think now in a team that isn't nearly as talented as that 2019 team, you need every single advantage you can get. And I think being able to go for it and having, you know, the courage to go for it in situations where some other coaches wouldn't. I think that that allows you to potentially gain an edge. And I think this team needs that right now. So that's my take on it. I don't think it's because of, I mean, I will say, I don't agree that it's like, you do it early on, it dictates the rest of the game. I think they're going to do that regardless. I mean, maybe if they're not like up three scores, but like, let's be honest, they weren't going to be up a, a big margin against this, this Packers team because they couldn't stop on the defense. That, that, that's the reality. I mean, they didn't. They didn't know that before that happened, though, right? Like I, again, it's just there. There are still a lot of ifs left, and and the Ravens were playing on the other side of that. And I I get it. Like I, I understand why they went for it. I I actually think the first time that they went for it, they probably should have just kicked it. Or no, sorry, I'm confusing. The Ravens went for it on fourth down a lot of this game, confusing the fourth downs. The second one, I thought that they shouldn't have gone for it because. They were at the five-yard line. They had like a two-yard rush, and then it was incomplete, and then it was incomplete, and it looked ugly. And then they decided to try and throw it again. And so, I don't know. I just think I, it, it, that drive felt like it was moving, but it did feel like it had sold out on that like kind of last set of downs. And it didn't feel like the momentum was was quite as much there as it was earlier in the drive, and I didn't love the play call. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think you're right. Like, like if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive and just live with it and, and own it. And I think that's where the Ravens are on this. I don't know that I didn't love I didn't love going for two in the Pittsburgh game. I don't know that I, I loved going for it early in this one. Um, I didn't have a problem actually going for two at the end of the game, though. Um, so, you know. Just one more thing on this first drive, because I think it's an important point that sometimes gets forgotten. And you know we, we were actually talking about this at the time is 
when you're inside the five yard line and you go for it and you don't convert it, you are backing the other team up in a very difficult position. And whether or not that means that they're like right in their end zone or like they have to drive at least like 50 yards to get like somewhere reasonable. The Ravens were able to get three and out and get the ball right back and score a touchdown, like because they got the ball on the other side of the of the opponent's field position. So that that is part of the calculus that goes into making decisions on fourth and goal. That's always part of it because there's always a possibility of you getting a stop and getting the ball back in very good field position. That's part of the reason why you do it. It's the reason why you the odds of going for fourth down are increasing the closer you get to your opponent's end zone every single time. It's because the the net negative of losing the ball and giving them the ball with more with like a more positive field position is gone like they have to drive the entire field for that to, to be like a really success, like bad decision i mean even then it's i don't think it's a bad decision that could happen they could have driven the ball 97 yards or 94 yards they took a sack um but i still think that that gives you much better opportunity to get the ball back and you know go back and score a touchdown like they did yeah, for sure. I, I mean, and there's no saying that the Ravens, if, you know, they would have given up a little bit of field position, stopped them anyway, couldn't have driven the ball 15 yards farther to score the touchdown either. So that, and that's the problem. You just don't, you know, you just don't know that early in the game. So Ravens go for it early, twice on fourth downs. I think those ones seem to be less controversial, less people seem to be upset with those overall. I think the next big moment came when the Ravens had the ball in the sec- in the third quarter and they were down 11 and then they went for it on their own, what, uh, 35 or no, they were a little farther up than that. I think uh, that was 29. early in the fourth quarter, I think, or was it the end of the third? Uh, you're right. It was early in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then the, the Packers basically drove it down, but then they, and then they, uh, the Ravens got stopped. They held them to a field goal. Um, and this was still a two score game. So, I mean, that was, that was, that was a really interesting point in the game because at that time you, you were adamant that they should go for it on that fourth down, because you said, if the Packers just get, have the ball at their end of the field, they're going to drive down all the way anyway. And the Ravens, just, and they're just going to have less time for the Ravens to, to score. So it worked out, you know, they gave them a short field. They held them to a field goal. That's the exact thing you want to have to happen in that position if you don't pick up the, the conversion on fourth down. So that worked out really should, well for the Ravens. It should be noted that on the previous drive, Green Bay drove 88 yards for a touchdown. And the, and the, the drive before that drove 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, you know, so, you know, at that point, yeah, I felt like, you know, I felt like the Ravens had to go for it because it, it, it felt like a prayer that they were going to get a meaningful stop on the on the Packers. And then they turn around and manage to get two of them. And then, yeah, so they, they did, well, they got one of them, right? Oh, I mean, so they got the stop of the field goal. Right. Didn't allow Which, which mattered. Which, was, which would have made a huge difference in this game if the Ravens could have kept them out of the red zone. And, and frankly, the Ravens got kind of lucky on that. I don't, the, the second down play, that was like a, a negative five point to, or negative five yards to Devontae Adams. First, first of all, props to Broderick Washington, who blew that play up. That was a terrible play by Aaron Rodgers. Like, he could have just thrown the ball away, but he, he threw it to his receiver who had two guys on him and took like a negative six. The next play, he had a wide open receiver in the corner of the end zone and just overthrew him. So like the Ravens got fortunate on that significantly. Um, this is why, going back to the last decision, this is why you go for two, because the Ravens weren't stopping the Packers. And yes, they got to stop after they scored that touchdown, but that's because the Packers were went into that the rush mode. They they ran the ball twice. That's feeding into the, what the Ravens do best. 
they were they're able to stop you on second and first down, second down when you run the ball. Like their run defense is still very good. They have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. And they just had to get one third down stop. They got a sack. Justin Matabike had a hell of a pass rush. Um and and that's how they were able to be in position to win the game. Um so I mean kudos to the Ravens defense. They stepped up when they needed to. But I, I don't have confidence in that same defensive performance when the Packers had to score to tie the game to win the game or send it to overtime or like in overtime to win the game. Like I just don't I don't think they could have stopped them on a drive. Well and let's go back another drive before that where the Ravens got all the way down to the fifteen yard line, had fourth and one, and had another freaking false start. Like how many times have we seen the Ravens on fourth and one and not intentionally, but had guys jumping off like jumping off sides for false starts? I feel like I can think of seven different times that that's happened in the last two or three seasons, which is totally unacceptable. These packages should be, there shouldn't be more than eight or 10 plays in your fourth and one packages. Guys should be prepped and ready for this. I find it totally, totally unacceptable from both the players prep standpoint and the preparation standpoint, because I mean, I just don't know what it is, but like it was, it, that was a huge play in a huge moment where if they can actually convert that, that, that fourth, that fourth and one, and I'm always going to take a fourth and one. Yeah. If it's fourth and one, you're you should always not always, but in most circumstances, a fourth and one in a situation where you're trailing or you really need it, like those are the situations that you go for it, um, and they blew it. Um, and so I think you know I'll let you comment, but also the the other question is, should the Ravens have gone for it from the fourth and six on the other side of that? So getting back to the penalty, I thought it was a bogus penalty because <laughs> so this was on Ben Cleveland. It was, it was a false start, but he it was they weren't. You could argue the line wasn't even set yet, um, and you you see that happen all the time in the NFL. That's like an offensive lineman like readjusting. Um, Huntley was still like up, like making like some like calls. Like it was not like in a set position yet. It was the tiniest of flinches, even like it wasn't even like a significant like wasn't like a jump. It was just like basically just like a minor lift of the leg, like. It was that was a really bad penalty in my opinion. I, I think that doesn't get called a lot. And probably they were just paying super close attention because of the situation of being a fourth down. Um, but I, I think that that was kind of a ridiculous, you know, penalty to take there. And and it was the previous drive, the one where the Ravens defense got hit by a ridiculous penalty on that pass interference. So it was like back to back drives where the Ravens got a stop on third down, got th- hit with a ridiculous penalty. Next play turns into a touchdown come back, drive down the field, get an opportunity to go for it on fourth down, which they probably would have converted. Like the Packers were, probably weren't stopping them there. I don't think they would have. Um, maybe they don't score a touchdown, but like just to have that turnaround on like two drives back to back by like really sketchy officiating, that's annoying. That said, I probably still have gone for it on fourth and six. Um, because the, like, like we've said it all along, the, the Packers were scoring touchdowns on every single drive. Like, Aside from that one drive where, you know, Rodgers missed a wide open receiver and he threw a terrible dump off pass to his, his wide receiver, like they were just marching up and down. And then like, it, you needed to score a touchdown. They were dri- driven the ball all the way down the field. And, you know, maybe if you don't, then they get the ball and they drive again and score a f- touchdown. But I think you need to give your team an opportunity to, to get that. The, the Packers hadn't been stopping them. Like the, the Ravens actually were pretty good on defense or I'm sorry, on offense. Um, they had a, a number of drives where they were doing pretty well. 
Um, fourth and six is tricky, but they could, I mean, you find a little slant to Mark Andrews and nobody was stopping that the entire game. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I tend to agree with your earlier comment, which is that if you're going to be aggressive around this kind of stuff, then you need to be consistently and always aggressive about it. Right. Like, and I guess there is some notion to like feeling your, like going with your gut, knowing kind of what your play package has been, knowing what they're trying to do on defense, that drive, like trying to adjust for some of those kind of things live that your, your analytical, like formula formulaic, like things are, aren't going to be able to tell you. Um, but I tend to think that they should have gone for it in that situation as well um, and continue to continue to be aggressive, you know, all the way through. And then I guess the next then the next big decision that happened is after the Ravens scored the next touchdown, um, the Ravens did not go for two when they were down 31 to 24. And if there was any moment that felt like, OK, you if you really feel like you can get two, that should have been the spot that they did it because that would have then given them that prime advantage of what they needed later or told them they needed to go for two again. Alternately, on the other hand, the Ravens are two for eight on two point conversions this year, inexplicably. So, you know, what do you think? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of thoughts about this and we can t- talk about these two decisions, I guess, kind of together because the, the thought is if you go for the two point conversion on the first touchdown, when they cut it to an eight point deficit, then you know that if you don't convert it the second time around, you have to convert it to tie the game, which isn't really putting yourself in the best position, but you still have the opportunity to do convert it, and then you can take the lead with an extra point. So that that's obviously the ideal, and you know that ahead of time. Um, and Harbaugh was asked about that in today's presser, and his response was that the clock was an issue. So I think there was like something like four and a half minutes left on the clock at that point, and he didn't feel like there was enough time to have the opportunity to score another field goal, like if necessary. So the the information you get from scoring that point or that that extra point early or not scoring it early is more useful if there was more time on the clock. They didn't. He didn't think that there was enough time on the clock for that to be actually useful. And it turned out to be the case. If if like if they hadn't gotten it and they went for it again after they scored the second touchdown and they hadn't gotten it again, they wouldn't have been able to score a field goal. They wouldn't have had enough time to get another drive. That's that's the argument he was making at least. Well, and it's different. No, but it, I mean, it, okay, maybe, but, but I think. But if the argument is that you don't have enough time, then it doesn't matter if you go for it or not. Like if, if you think that they're going to burn out the clock, whether you go for it or not is irrelevant to the outcome of the game. So like it's a non-decision decision. Well, I mean, no, the point, I mean, it's, it's all about like what the information you get from going for it early gives, allows you the opportunity to make, to better decide like your future decisions. Right. So but they would have had, to, it, the Ravens would have had to score another touchdown no matter what though. Yes. And he, yes. he would have had to have known that in that situation in order to win and should have yes. had an idea at that point, whether or not if that happened, which there would not have been a lot of time left when that happened, if they would have gone for two, because there was only four yeah. minutes left in the game. It's almost like he logic his way to it and then just copped out. Like, I, I don't know that I buy that logic. Yeah, maybe. And I, I, I feel like we, I mean, we saw him make that decision last week to go for it go for the two points earlier um and he pretty (laughs) well articulated it why why he did that um to get more information and this week there was less time on the clock and i guess he felt like it it wasn't enough for it to be relevant so yes i think there's an argument there um but like the other thing you said was the ravens have been bad at two-point conversions like they didn't get it last week 
Um, they didn't get it the week before that. Um, they haven't. They what do you say two for eight on the season? Like that's that's pretty bad. Um, and and maybe this is a good opportunity to talk about the play call, like that actually decided the game. It was so the the play call in itself, I don't hate, but the way that Huntley kind of was forced to lock onto his primary read. That was the part of it that I don't like. And I don't like the fact that they rolled him out because you're cutting down on your space. And it, I, I like that the rollout, the moving the pocket when there's more space, but not in the end zone when everything's compressed. So you're basically cutting down the full field into like a third of the field and you don't have very many options. Wasn't this basically the same play though that they ran against um, that they ran against the Raiders in, in the first week that scored the touchdown? Um, and Huntley just missed the read. Um, I'm trying to look at I'm trying to look at the box score right now on that where, where they were from on what yard line. I guess they so were there on was the a ten mar- yard line. There, there yeah, was, was a Marquise, Marquise Brown touchdown, but that wasn't a designed rollout. That was oh, that was that was, okay. that was a scramble drill that Hollywood came open. Um, you know, they actually played or had a very similar play in this game on that first drive. It was a third down play and, and third and goal on that first drive, and it was the same kind of like rolled speed option to to brown he was a target on that one and it went incomplete like it just this this whole like compressing the field isn't working in the end zone and then they need to get I, rid see, of that play it's it's super hard to disagree with you or agree agree with you there when the play call worked like huntley just missed the read right like like basically the safeties drop so by moving the pocket what you do is you force the safeties to come down to the line like basically come down to the goal line right because they're worried about huntley in motion running it into the end zone. And that's essentially what frees Brown's route there, right? And so if there are two guys on Andrews, he needs to, like, even if Andrews is coming open, potentially, there are definitely two guys in his area assigned against him. If you have other guys coming into the box, like Huntley then has a really easy decision to make. Okay, you've got double coverage on Andrews to the right. I'm either going to be able to run it in because I'm already rolling to the right and I'm free. Or if they come to me, I'm going to be able to throw it right over the top. And Hollywood Brown's going to be standing right in front of me. I mean, like right on, like because he's rolling with me and he's directly in front of my line of sight. So he's he's my hot read in case anything blows up. And it kind of blew up, and there was a guy in the backfield for sure. And it's almost like Huntley got spooked and didn't look to his hot. Well, read. no, it didn't. It didn't blow up though. Like it, he wasn't pressured on the play, and he just he just locked onto he just locked onto Andrews. And I don't know if he was told that Andrews is your read. Like this is the play you're just going to like sprint out and throw to Andrews. But the issue was one. I don't know if he saw the safety doubling down Andrews or not, but the safety made a play on the ball. Two, Andrews wasn't really open in the first place. Three, it was a bad ball. If he wasn't thrown to the right side, if it was thrown more to the pylon, maybe it gets converted, but probably not. I, I have more things here. Four, um, <laughs> that play should have been, Andrews should have been lined up tighter and a tighter split because there wasn't enough space for him to actually get open. It was basically like a post-up play, and that, the play didn't develop in enough time for him to be someone who was actually isolated with enough room to operate in that situation. So there was just like so many little things about that play that didn't work. And maybe you're right, and maybe the the design was to get somebody on the backside open, and you're right, Hollywood Brown was coming wide open, but because Huntley was rolling out, and whatever, for whatever reason, he was just locked onto Andrews. Whether that was, yeah, the, I mean, he was standing he was right. All he had to do was look in front of him, and and Hollywood was directly in. Like it wasn't even like it wasn't like he had to look back, or it wasn't like he would have to throw back. He would have just been able to 
make a easy toss straight in front of him. And Hollywood wasn't just open. He was, he was wide open. There were, there were he three was or four of separation. Um, and so I think Lamar probably, I mean, at that point you look, you have to look off Andrews. It's too hard of a throw. Um, and, and like there, there could have been a shot where like, I think Huntley would have had a better shot of running it in there than he would have had getting the yeah, ball. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that <laughs> screenshot, right? Where it's like, there's like a, basically like a parting of the Red Sea, right? As Huntley's throwing it to Andrews, like he, he probably could have run it in there. And, and so maybe it, not, I, even I think, I still think that was, would have been hard to do. I'm just saying that it was even harder. Like that throw to Andrews is a tough throw. Like you're throwing it yeah. all the way, you're throwing it all the way to the outside. Like you, you need a perfect throw and a perfect catch to convert there. And like, so, like, this begs the question, though, to me, like, and again, like, I, the, the play call, I think the play call was fine. The play, This play call worked better, I think, than the fourth down play call against Pittsburgh because you had a guy more wide open and you had less pressure in your quarterback's face and the guy just makes the wrong decision. In the Pittsburgh game, you decide to let the best player from Pittsburgh come running into the face of your quarterback and force your quarterback to adjust how he's going to throw the ball, um, where in this case, there was no such pressure, as you mentioned, and a guy that was standing wide open right in front of him really hard to argue with the play call when when that's the outcome um but okay, like where's but the, the play call where's the preparation then is my sorry was what was, was my no, question i was gonna say if, if the play call is to force it to andrews that's a terrible play call if the play call is to get hollywood open i can't that's a great play call, play call i can't imagine the play call was to just own like andrews was a one read okay, option but, but on they also play. don't know that the safety is going to come sprinting down to double andrews on that play too like if you, if you watch that play develop like it was like a two deep safety and the, but he, he just decided that he's going to lock on to Andrews because he saw Huntley locked on to Andrews and he made a play on it. If, I, I mean, we don't know. We don't know exactly how the play was designed. If the play is designed to get Brown open, then it worked well. If the play was designed to try and get it to Andrews, then it was a terribly designed play. I hate the way it was designed. So that's, I, that's my I, take on it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're not giving enough credit if the play was designed to get Brown open to how well it worked. Like it wasn't, it didn't work well. It worked perfectly. Right. Like they just missed, they, they, they didn't execute. Like in that instance, if that's what it was supposed to be, it was perfect. And if the, the call was to Andrews, then it was really suboptimal. I agree with both of those, but like if he missed the read, it was a really good play call. Like, but it, but really, if the play really call is to get call. Brown open and that should be his primary read. Right. And he clearly well, didn't even look at his direction. Well, didn't even look his direction to, though. You, but if, if you're going to get him open, you at least have to look to Andrews first, draw the attention there, and then look back. Maybe Huntley just missed, missed, the, missed the call. Maybe. It's, it's certainly possible. But that's, what I, the, that's the point I'm trying to make here. Wait, like you're, you're distracted by the terribleness of the play call, which I'm okay with. But like to me, it's not just the play call iteration. It's the preparation, right? We've already talked about the Ravens jumping offside, like being offside on fourth and shorts consistently this is not you know whether or not it was a bad call on cleveland like you got to tighten that up in fourth downs right like that's not the first time we've seen that they're two for eight on fourth downs like it just seems like like their preparation in these packages for two yards for a team that can run the that still run the like latavius murray can run the ball two yards anytime he wants i think like like there are not a lot of things that he can do well but like dive plays to latavius murray out of jumbo are things that could work or create open play action and the Ravens decide they want to run those plays during the worst possible times and don't run the ball in these in these packages. Like it just seems like the preparation and I don't know if they're I mean, they have to be practicing these things, right? Like that the like that's that's to me the issue here, right? Like they almost like they they should have run this exact play twenty times in practice this week, right? And with different defenses adjusting in different ways, and like it should be on tape and Huntley should know when he sees certain things how he thinks it's going to react, especially based on what the Ravens might see from like the scout team of the Packers. 
And it just seemed like they weren't, it seemed, and you're asking a lot of your backup quarterback, but it seems like they weren't prepared for that. Um, and it feels like they haven't been prepared for a lot of these this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd say they have been prepared. I feel like there's definitely been some flaws in execution, and, and some of that goes on to the, the coaching staff for sure. I think some of that goes to the players for, and maybe not to the players' fault, because a lot of times you're asking guys who shouldn't or don't have to be in that situation but are in that situation because of injuries or because of whatever, COVID, um, that they're thrust into a situation that they're not really ready for. And I, I feel like that's the situation with Hungley. Like for all the good things that Hungley has done, and in, in like in games like this, where he, you know, two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing, like he had a great game. He also made a lot of mistakes in this game. Like he, there's still like things that he's doing that are hampering the offense. Like, and that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like rain on anybody's parade, but it's just, it's it's t- a tough situation for anybody to be in that situation. But you're going into this game. This is where I'll, I'll, I totally agree with everything you're saying. You're asking a lot of guys, you're asking Ben Cleveland, who has not, you know, been your starting left guard to, you know, come up. They're asking a lot from a lot of guys that haven't been asked a lot up to this point in their careers, let alone in the season. Um, that being said, you come into this game knowing you're going to go for it on fourth downs, knowing you're going to go for it on two, being aggressive in those situations. Don't have 20 calls before you come into this game at fourth and two that you want to call. Have five, practice the hell out of them. Have them tight as humanly possible because you know if you're in an and two convert or and two score or and two two point conversion situation, you need those. Like if you're going for them, you need them. Don't don't mess around with those, right? Like come in with a tight package, tight reads. No, like like you shouldn't even need to call that play into the huddle. Like these guys, like that's situational football. Like the Bill Belichick teams are on point in those situations. They are as tight as tight can be in those situations. They know what they're going to do, and they're all on the same page because they've practiced it a lot. And I watched these two-point conversions from the Ravens, and you're right. Like Sometimes it's the player's execution. It just feels like there's always something sloppy that's going on. Like Mark Andrews doesn't run enough. Like, like you know, Lamar is trying to avoid a guy because he wasn't in the right place. Like Huntley not looking to the right guy that's kind of running wide open because of what he's like what he sees developing in front of him just feels to me like in these big situations in these two point conversions you almost had an extra advantage because you really should have been extra practicing those things coming into games especially if you're if you planned on doing them in the first place which the ravens clearly did going for it on fourth down early and so i'm not i I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of uh pardoning to go on here in these situations so to speak that like everybody gets a pass because the Ravens have a million guys on HR and the COVID list and, or HR, I, IR and the COVID list and all that. Right. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like at times the, the Ravens don't have it tight in big moments on either side of the ball this year. And that's where, like, if I, if I was, if I was hardball and I was this coaching staff on both sides, that's where I would tighten up and be like, what do we need to do? And we talked about when this, when we were watching the game, the Ravens just needed one or two big third down stops. And maybe you're right. They got one and the penalty, the really terrible penalty on Seymour, you know, turned around one of them. Right. But they needed red zone, big red zone stops um, in those situations. And they weren't ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I give the defense more of a pass than, than the offense to some extent, just because, you know, they had the entire starting secondary out. Tavon Young goes out early in the game with concussion. Like it's literally all backups in there. And 
they were very limited in what they could do. Um, they did one of the better jobs taking away Devontae Adams that we've seen the entire season. So they clearly had this going into the game. We're going to take away your one guy um, and beat us with the other ones. And and to a certain extent, the Packers did. I, I think that that's a reasonable way to approach this game, considering the personnel. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the future games. Um, assuming, you know, next week, I mean, we don't know exactly how the COVID situation is going to pan out, but Jimmy Smith, Chris Westry, you could potentially get back. We, we won't know about Tavon Young with his, with his injury, um, but um, that should help. You would think Chuck Clark as well. Um, hopefully he, he comes back. So, you know, the secondary might be in better situation going forward, but like for what, who they had out there, um, it it wasn't the worst, uh, worst you know defensive performance I think than what could have been. It could have been much worse. Is what I'm trying to say. They they definitely I mean and they lost Smith super late in the week and they lost Westry late in the week and they lost Clark in the middle of the week. So like that definitely the Ravens have had some peculiar stuff happen where they've been preparing a certain way and then late in the week things happen and they have to kind of readjust on that. So I definitely agree with you. I'm thinking of other games, you know, like in the bears game, you know, like those, those packages in those situations yes. should be, should be tighter. And they just haven't felt like they are this year. And so I completely agree with you. I think in big situations, they've come out bad. I mean, it happened in week one in the Raiders game. Like they, you know, they decided in the big situations to like call these like zero blitzes and, they've been burned on it time and time again. Like it's been like, it's kind of been like winks, like ace up the sleeve, except it's always come up, you know, snake eyes. Like it's, it's not, I mean, it's, I know that's mixing like puns or cliches or whatever, <laughs> um, but it's, it's not, it hasn't worked for the Ravens this year, whether it's busted coverage or just like bad execution. Like those play calls in critical situations have not worked in several times, several games this year. So I, I agree with you. Like, whether it's the play design or the personnel just like not executing, it's, it hasn't been good. Um, and, you know, I think the first, I mean, going back to that first drive, like that was like an ugly, terrible fourth down conversion attempt. As much as I like going for it, it was a terrible play. It was a busted play. Like, you know, th- that one was a play where Huntley was under pressure. He scrambled around a little bit. I don't know how you take a sack on fourth down and fourth and goal, like at least like give somebody an opportunity, like, that's that's a rookie mistake to me like you can't take a sack on fourth and goal like you have to at least throw it up there and and give a chance for somebody to come down with it or, or draw a penalty or something like it, it i don't know that's that's well, neither here nor there but I, you know i i mean i guess it begs the question if it's the players but same in the cleveland game right like the fourth down play like the the pick play from Prochet and bateman like it just like it wasn't executed tightly and so again it's just like it feels to me like, especially in like these fourth and two to six situations, like you should have a handful of plays and you, and like, if you've burned your playbook, you burn your playbook. That's one thing. But, you know, it feels like that's not, the situation hasn't been that the Ravens have been doing certain things up to that point. They've worked really well. And now they've kind of run out of things, you know, like the, I think the Patriots said in their game, they, they had run out of run calls by the end of the game. Like that's, that's one, like that's one thing. Right. But in these situations, it feels like it's just, you, you know you need those more than anything. And I would just encourage, I would encourage the coaching staff to really narrow that in because there's going to be situations, both in the Cincinnati game, all the rest of the games for the rest of this year, where the Ravens are going to have to convert some fourth downs. They're going to have to, there's going to be a, there's definitely going to be a two-point conversion with less than a minute left. 
they have to be on one side of the ball or the other. Um, like just tighten it up a little bit. And, and I think that the, I think we'll see improvement there if they just tighten it up a little bit. So, and I think they can, um, and, and hopefully we see Lamar back next week and, you know, maybe, maybe a week off did him some good and, and we'll get some momentum going. You know, let's talk about some players that we thought made an impact and, and talking a little bit about momentum going. I thought Nick Boyle's presence in the running game has been significant in both games that he's played a, a major or maybe not major, but played a role in the running game. Um, if you see some of the Latavius Murray runs that were successful, like Boyle was a key block on both of those runs for him and like let him get a lane and get open. Um, so it's good to see him back and hopefully we continue to see that progress because if the Ravens can layer in an actual running game with Nick Boyle and Lamar comes back, this is a team that can win a playoff game in the AFC because the AFC is not that like, like not that amazing, right? If, if they have a running game going, we haven't seen a running game consistently going. They kind of had a running game going in this game. Lamar will improve that. If they can continue to improve that, who knows? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Nick Boyle is definitely a key member of this team. Um, they missed him last year. They missed him early this year. I think when he's out there, he is a difference maker. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see him maybe get a little more involved in the passing offense too. Like, I mean, he's a good blocker in pass protection, but, you know, I think he's someone who can do a little bit more in in actually passing the ball than what, you know, someone like, Patrick Ricard could do, for instance, or or a, a Luke Tomlinson. Um, so I I think that you know maybe as you know as we get closer to the end of the season, he gets more and more healthy. I know he's been still like recovering. It's, it hasn't been an easy. It was a really bad injury. So it's like for him to be out there this year at all, I think is is nice. Um, so we'll see what we get out of him. He might he might still be someone who's game day inactive. Like if it, if his if his knee gets bad. Um, but he's definitely a difference maker. Um, I, I mean, Latavius Murray had, I think, his best runs that we've seen from him as a, as a Raven in this one. So if, if he can, like, tap into that again, like, I think he had more yards after contact in this game than he had all season. So it's, I, I just made that set up, but it sure seemed that way because he was not getting yards after contact earlier this season. Um, but have him run north-south. Like, they had him earlier in the game, like, run, like, on east-west. Like, that's not his play style. That He's not going to beat guys to the edge. You need to get him on these like inside zones, like counters. Like there was there was a counter run that he ran for like 18 yards. That was an impressive run. It was it was one of the more explosive runs the Ravens have had this season. Like it, that's the kind of play that you know reminisces of what they were doing last year when they were like you know at at their peak of running the ball. So you're not going to get that every single time, but if you can mix that in at the right times and keep defenses off balance, you know. At, this is this is kind of a non sequitur, but like I was when I was watching what the Green Bay Packers did, it was just, it was just so impressive because they did they took the easy stuff first of all, like they used play action, they had easy passes set up for the best quarterback the NFL sees, and it, it, it doesn't matter that you have Aaron Rodgers, you, he's still taking easy stuff. They're still setting up easy throws for him. He obviously has the ability to make incredible throws, like that seam throw he made down down the middle to, what was that, to uh, Valdez Scantling, I think, who caught that one. Like, But he's also getting, like, Alan Lazard lined up on a linebacker and, like, easy, like, like slants like that. Like, I don't, I feel like the Ravens don't have that in their playbook for whatever reason. You're, you're not seeing Rashad Bateman lined up on, you know, the opposing linebacker. Like, how, how come we can't figure out how to scheme that up? Like, that's that's what I'm trying to, like, why can't we get that? I just want that. I mean, 
in the Ravens defense, they had like barely enough cornerbacks to play. Like they called you to play cornerback this week. So I think, I think that was part of some of the mismatches there that like you had more zone than you usually would. So you're going to see a few more times where the zone that the wide receiver is running in is the zone that a linebacker is in. Was, this was man coverage. Patrick Queen was lined up on uh, Alan Lazar in man coverage. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying here. I'm trying here. Here's the other thing I'd say a lot, of, a lot of like my issue with it is more like, they had guys running open in the flat on the backside of plays all, all game long, right? And so, and that was by design. I think the Ravens decided they were going to let them have that, but like you don't mm-hmm. see that from the Ravens either. You don't see the Ravens taking what the other defense is going to give them in certain places and having guys, even if they are behind the line of scrimmage or wherever, running open. And when you've got teams blitzing the Ravens like crazy, like they have been, those things should be happening, right? Like, like there should be mismatches of wide receivers on linebackers. There should be guys running into the flat or on crossing routes that are just like, like end up being wide open because of that. I agree with you. I don't know why we don't have it either. Um, yeah, I got nothing for you. I, I think well, I think you know I mean, why, and it rhymes with Schmoman. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that at least in this game. Um, the Ravens did a pretty good job of taking what the opposition was giving them in terms of like, you know, Hollywood Brown caught, I think like <laughs> 10 passes for about four yards each. Um, but it was because it was there. Like it, that's an easy way to get five yards. You know, Brown was reliable. He was catching every, every time he was getting for it. He wasn't able to shake loose and, you know, pick up either yards after the catch. But if he makes one guy miss that quick five yard hitch route can turn into a 20 yard gain really easy. So like, and he was I don't have any too. problem. Yeah. I don't have any problem with taking with giving him that those if, you, if the defender is going to play 10 yards off. take Right. Well, and if you can't run the ball, right, like like ideally, if the Ravens had a running game that was picking up four to five yards a run, I would be like without the talent at running back, I would be happy with that. So if teams are going to play off and you're going to get four yards every play from from Hollywood, I'm taking that all, all day long. So, um, you know, we also saw a massive game from Mark Andrews. I mean, Ooh. just unbelievable i mean caught everything his way didn't miss anything you know had some incredible catches the, the second touchdown was just a thing of absolute beauty full extension that's like, the first one. Oh, the first one yeah just absolute thing of beauty I, he he's been if not the best tight end the equivalent of the best tight end in the league this year i mean statistically he's right there um there's, there's, I think he might, you might give him this light edge over Kelsey, um, just based off of the, the touchdowns. I think he's more touchdowns than Kelsey has. Um, they're, they're both uh, obviously like at the top of their game. Um, Andrews, um, you know, he's learned how to use his body, um, to be open when he's not open. You know, two point conversion notwithstanding. Um, but he's gonna, he's figured out how to just kind of like catch balls with a very large like catch radius, and he can like lean into like spaces very well and uses his body as with leverage very well um he runs some pretty impressive routes for someone his size too like and he has legitimate speed for someone his size like he's just the complete package he's a good blocker um and you know i was, I was looking at this the, his numbers earlier and i tweeted this out but he's on pace to be the raven's leading receiver in franchise history and yards and in receptions, um, which of all time, is right? Incredibly, including wide receivers, of, of all time, right? Including yeah. wide receivers, any, any, anybody. He's already been, he's already passed any tight end records. He has an outside chance of breaking Kelsey's tight end records in the NFL in receptions and yards. 
Um, he, he could get there this year. Um, if he keeps playing at the pace that he's been playing at over the past couple of games, there's a, he, he would, if he keeps playing at that pace. So like what he's doing right now is just at a whole nother level. Um, now that's and, the benefit of an extra game, right? Yes, that's true. It is the benefit of an extra game. Um, and you know, anytime any record is going to be broken from here on out, it's always want to come with that caveat, but, um, yeah, I was just curious. I was just curious. No, if it, it was is. A 16 it is. Game pace. Yeah. Um, and no, whether or not his numbers pace. would be ahead on a 16 game pace too. No, if it was a 16 game pace, he would he would be short on on definitely on like the NFL records. Um, but for the receiving records, he would probably be in he would be in range. It it, it would be definitely within yards possibility the catches he might not get. Um, but I think with the extra game, he'll probably get both. Um, unless teams really decide to just completely take him away, which I don't know why I don't think they can. I don't, I don't think, think they, they can, can either. Like if, if you run him on a deep crosser at 15 yards and the Ravens offensive line can block it up, like that is, that is, if that route is covered, something else is going to be wide open yeah. on the field. And I think teams know that. And so they, you, you have to concede it. And if, if Lamar Huntley can make that throw, you give it up. And yeah. I, I, I've told you this when we were watching the game, I would run him on that route every single time. I would put him in the slot and I would run him on a deep 15 yard crosser every single time. Um, I don't know about every single time because he's also really good running the seam and on those quick those slants too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he definitely has game every breaking ability. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Sure. Why not? Every single time. Um, if and if he's not open, somebody else will be, like you said. So, um, yeah. I mean, he's been he's been incredible. I mean, he's been incredible with Lamar. He's been incredible with Huntley. I think there's. I don't know what else to say about him. Like. He's, he's been the Ravens' best player this year. And I thought the offensive line played a little bit better this week, too. You know, they weren't they weren't great. There were definitely some pressures. Andrew Villanueva definitely held because he can't help himself. Um, or at least get called for one during, during a game. I don't think there's been a game this year where he hasn't been called for a holding penalty that I can recall. Um, and But I thought, the, I thought the line held up better. I mean, the Ravens surprisingly didn't run the ball very much. They only ran at 13, like with non-quarterback runs, only ran at 13 times with running backs. I actually think that's a perfect sweet spot for the offense, quite honestly. I, I, I don't have a problem with where that came down. But I thought when they did run, they were blocking up, you know, relatively well. And then even when Phillips went out, I thought Sharp held up all right at, at tackle. I thought Sharp played better than Phillips there. That's, I think he, I think it was a, <laughs> I mean, he didn't have maybe some of the high quality pass rushers that Phillips has gone up against in recent weeks. You know, it wasn't TJ Watt out there, but um, that said, I I think he played very well. Um, And not to say Phillips is terrible. Like he's, he's not, he's had some issues. He's not the complete turnstile. Um, I mean, I I even feel like Villanueva had a decent game. Like it, it wasn't his worst game of the year by far. Like I said earlier, the Packers didn't have a couple of their best pass rushers, but that said, like the offensive line played well. And they didn't blitz no. a lot. So so they didn't do the thing that the Ravens have been really terrible at defending for the last six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, I, if I was a Packers fan, I would be extremely upset with how the Packers tried to defend this. Um, they didn't seem to take Huntley seriously in his ability to scramble. They didn't try to blitz him at all. They didn't, you know do much to take away the under routes like they they basically gave the ravens an easy way to kind of stay in the game and it, it almost beat them in the butt like it 
the, I think the Ravens did a great job of taking what they were given in this one. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't know if they can continue doing that. I think other teams might play them a little bit differently. Um, we'll see what the Bengals do next week, but, and, and who knows, maybe Lamar will be back next week and they'll, and they'll have a different game plan for Huntley than they will with Lamar. I, I don't know, but, um, well, the Ravens are going to play that super coy, and they're not going to—they're not going to say anything yeah. about whether Lamar is going to play until the last minute. <laughs> because I, I don't think teams—and the, the Packers tend to like play like a too deep type of defense anyway. Then they don't want to get beat over the top. So like, I—you I, know—I I mentioned during the game. I think they only took about one deep shot this entire game. It was that deep shot to Bateman that didn't really have any chance. Um, so the the Ravens weren't even like trying to look deep. Like it was pretty much like immediately go to your underneath read like over and over and over again and Huntley was willing to do that and I don't know I don't know if is Lamar willing to do that <laughs> that's that's a, that's a question for a different day I feel like he wants to, to take more shots um but so in, in some senses like if, if the offense is like working like this you almost like to have that easy five yards that Huntley is willing to take um We'll see if Lamar, Lamar Jackson comes back and defense is playing the same way. I hope that he can take a page from Huntley's book and take some of those easy, easy reads and get five or six yards when when you need to just get some positive yardage. Yeah, and then I mean there were some decent performances on the defensive side of the ball. Patrick Queen continues to play well. I mean, you know, I, I'm curious if the Ravens continue to keep him in a limited package. There doesn't seem like a reason not to, but at the same time, if he's if he can continue to play as well he's as he's played in the earlier downs, you know, I, I think he's earning his right to be on the field a little bit more. Um, and and I don't think he was awful in in pass coverage in a few moments where he kind of got stuck there. Um, and then I thought Justin Houston played a really good game. We, we haven't seen, you know, Bowser had a couple of good games recently, but OA and Bowser have not kind of been as present recently. Justin Houston consistently seems to be coming up with some big plays now. So it's really nice that the Ravens have a set of three guys that don't, all three don't need to be kind of always getting after it, but one of them is, is going to show up on the stat sheet. Yeah. Um, Houston, you know, we saw him go on a COVID list today, so... Oh. And they put him on the the COVID IR, so I don't know what that means. I know it, it means that he's not on the active roster. Um, whether that means he'll be available for next week, that's yet to be determined. Um, I think it'll be a big blow if he can't go, um, because I do think that, like you said, he's been probably the Ravens' most consistent pass rusher throughout the course of the season, um, playing fairly limited snaps. Like he's not out there on 75% of the, the the downs, but he is someone who is fairly reliable so we'll see um what that status is but and Patrick Queen yeah I, I I agree I think he plays he's he's gotten much better against the run he's been much quicker to read and react um he's not always in the right position but he's seemingly playing much faster now than he was earlier um in the season and as a rookie I I feel like he's just more confident in what he's doing out there so that's great to see. Um, I mean, I, I kind of made fun of him earlier in pass coverage, and he did get kind of um, abused. But he, anybody, any linebacker lined up against a wide receiver is going to get abused. So, like, that's not really on him. It's just the scheme. Um, I I don't know. I, I think he's definitely a piece moving forward. I was worried that he might just be someone that the Ravens regretted drafting. They might still have regrets about spending a first-round pick on him, but I think that he's still a quality piece in this defense, and he's going to have some impactful plays for you. Um, so I like what I've seen from him. Um, I thought Justin Matabike had a really good game in this one as well. He's 
starting to come on and be a little more consistent. He had that big sack and that um, last drive by the Packers. That was huge. He just dominated his guy. He had a couple other players where he just dominated the guy in front of him. Um, you know, I, I feel like he just needs to be a little bit more kind of aware of things. Sometimes I feel like he's just like out there trying to like make a move and do something without realizing what's going on around him. If he can kind of just like play a little more um, aware, with a little more awareness of what's going on, I think he can be a, a very impactful player. So, you know, the Ravens have some young guys. They have some important pieces moving forward and at least the front seven is, is fairly healthy you know hopefully we'll get Campbell back at some point um maybe next week um so that, that'll be a big boost as well so I'm you know I'm happy with the way that the front seven is playing and and then maybe you get some guys a little healthier in the back end coming off the Kobe list so you're you feel a little bit better about the team in that sense yeah, and I thought they've defended the run really well recently as uh, too. So yep. so the defense is tightened up overall. It's going to keep them in games. We're going to find out if Lamar comes back. We're going to find out what they can do if that's the case. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen. If, they, if the Ravens can win the Cincinnati game and they can win the Pittsburgh game, they're going to be in the playoffs for sure. Um, so both of those are winnable games. Go win these games that you can win and and roll the dice. Um, yeah, and, and real quick, just to, sh- to shout out the, the the safeties, the starting safeties in this game. Uh, Brandon Stevens, I thought, played a very nice game. Um, he was he's a very solid tackler. I think he's been that's one of the things he's been really good at throughout his time with the Ravens. Um, sometimes in coverage, he can be lost, but I thought he, he did a good job in this one. And Geno Stone also in his first game starting for the Ravens, I thought he played really well. You know, there was that one instance where he was lined up on a wide receiver in the slot. That's not what he's going to be doing best but overall I, th- I thought you know he was in good position and nothing really kind of looked like he was you know getting out of position or blown coverage because of him so you know i, th- I thought both of them d- did a good job yeah it's good to see i, I mean it's good to see genus geno stone playing well because i think that you know there's a there's a chance that he could be the starting free safety for the ravens next year depending on what happens with elliot and his contract and what he wants to do and what they want to do so um it's good to see him get a shot and get established and you know this is this is good experience for a bunch of guys that might have significant roles down the road for this ravens team you know bateman can continue to develop cleveland stone even stevens westry i mean if they can pull it together and, and start to play really well in some big moments, then that's going to bode well for a team that's going to be stocked next year when everybody comes back that's been hurt. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, we don't, like you said, we don't know what happened with Elliot, but the secondary, and we, we don't know what happened with the guys who, who went out with season-ending injuries. So, but there's a lot of valuable experience. I think the young guys have acquitted themselves fairly well. Um, they do, still need to do like a heavy defensive draft, I think, um, in the secondary and up front um, defensive line because the defensive line is pretty old outside of like Matabike and, and Washington. But um, there is young talent on this team, and, and that's something that you can build around, especially when you have you know guys like like Jackson and, and Andrews who are like stalwarts on the on offense, and, and they don't really have to worry about offensive skill positions. That that's a nice thing, a nice situation to be in. Especially, I mean, hoping that the running backs come back where you would expect them to be. They were hurt early enough in the year. It feels like it feels like they should be. So, um, you know, let's not get ahead to next year, though. This year's not quite over yet, and there are a couple of big games left. And hopefully, hopefully, the Ravens show up against Cincinnati, take take back the division lead, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Um, any predictions for next week from you? 
So I actually think the Ravens are going to win this one. Um, Whoa. I, I think that, yeah, I, I've, I've been fairly pessimistic about the Ravens recently, but I feel like they've, if they've played well in, in tough circumstances, um, whether or not they have Lamar back, I think, I think there's a team that's really come together. Um, they're tough minded if you, if nothing else. Um, and they're going to keep fighting no matter what. And that's something that I appreciate as a fan. Um, I think they're, I don't know. It, it might be an ugly game. Most of the games have been pretty ugly recently, so I imagine it, it will be pretty low scoring. Um, but you know, last time the Bengals beat the Ravens because the, the Ravens couldn't tackle, and they and they had some atrocious blown coverages. Like if they can just play soundly, I think they can beat the Bengals without too many issues. Yeah, they should. I mean, they should use a very similar approach to what they used against Green Bay this past week. Make sure you lock down Jamar Chase. Let them have certain stuff in between the 20s. Lock it down in the red zone. Make a couple big plays on third down, and that's going to be enough for this team. So, especially if Lamar's back and 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 healthy. So, um, it'll be an interesting one to see. But I'm looking forward to it. I think they're going to win as well. I think the Ravens are going to win the division because I don't think Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are very good. Um, and, and I'm a total homer with purple colored glasses, which I will which I will own in that process. So, um, thanks everybody for joining us in the Situation Room. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Raven Sit Room. We'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.